Chapter Four of the Diary of Samuel Pepys, sixteen sixty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. The Diary of Samuel Pepys, sixteen sixty, by Samuel Pepys. April, sixteen sixty. April first, Lord's Day. Mr. Ibbot preached very well. After dinner, my lord did give me a private list of all the ships that were to be set out this summer, wherein I do discern that he hath made it his care to put by as much of the Anabaptists as he can. By reason of my lord and my being busy to send away the packet by Mr. Cook of the Naseby, it was four o'clock before we could begin sermon again. This day Captain Guy come on board from Dunkirk, who tells me that the king will come in, and that the soldiers at Dunkirk do drink the king's health in the streets. At night the captain, Sir R. Stainer, Mr. Shepley, and I did sup together in the captain's cabin. I made a commission for Captain Wilness of the Bear to-night, which got me thirty shillings. So after writing a while, I went to bed. Second. Up very early, and to get all my things and my boys packed up. Great concourse of commanders here this morning, to take leave of my lord, upon his going into the Naseby, so that the table was full, so there dined below many commanders, and Mr. Creed, who was much troubled to hear that he could not go along with my lord, for he had already got all his things thither, thinking to stay there, but W. Howe was very high against it, and he indeed did put him out, though everybody was glad of it. After dinner I went in one of the boats with my boy before my lord, and made shift before night to get my cabin in pretty good order. It is but little, but very convenient, having one window to the sea, and another to the deck, and a good bed. This morning comes Mr. Ed Pickering, like a coxcomb, as he always was. He tells me that the king will come in, but that Monk did resolve to have the doing of it himself, or else to hinder it. Third. Late to bed. About three in the morning there was great knocking at my cabin, which with much difficulty, so they say, waked me, and I rose. But it was only for a packet, so went to my bed again, and in the morning gave it my lord. This morning Captain Isham comes on board to see my lord, and drunk his wine before he went into the Downs. There likewise come many merchants to get convoy to the Baltic, which a course was taken for. They dined with my lord, and one of them by name Alderman Wood talked much to my lord of the hopes that we have now to be settled, under the king he meant, but my lord took no notice of it. After dinner, which was late, my lord went on shore, and after him I and Captain Sparling went in his boat, but the water being almost at low water, we could not stay, for fear of not getting into our boat again, so back again. This day come the lieutenant of the Swiftshire, who was sent by my lord to Hastings, one of the Sink ports, to have got Mr. Edward Montague to have been one of their burgesses, but could not, for they were all promised before. After he had done his message, I took him and Mr. Pierce, the surgeon, who this day came on board, and not before, to my cabin, where we drank a bottle of wine. At night, busier writing, and so to bed. My heart exceeding heavy for not hearing of my dear wife. And, indeed, I do not remember that ever my heart was so apprehensive of her absence as at this very time. Fourth. This morning I dispatch many letters of my own private business to London. There come Colonel Thompson with a wooden leg, and General Penn, and dined with my lord and Mr. Blackburn, who told me that it was certain now that the king must of necessity come in, 
and that one of the council told him there is something doing in order to a treaty already among them and it was strange to hear how mr blackburn did already begin to commend him for a sober man and how quiet he would be under his government etc i dined all alone to prevent company which was exceeding great to-day in my cabin after these two were gone sir w wheeler and sir john petters came on board and stayed about two or three hours and so went away the commissioners came to-day only to consult about a further reducement of the fleet and to pay them as fast as they can i did give davis their servant five pounds ten shillings to give to mr moore from me in part of the seven pounds that i borrowed of him and he is to discount the rest out of the thirty-six shillings that he do owe me at night my lord resolved to send the captain of our ship to weymouth and promote his being chosen there which he did put himself into a readiness to do the next morning fifth infinity of business all the morning of orders to make that i was very much perplexed that mr burr had failed me of coming back last night and be ready to set sail which we did about noon and came in the evening to lee roads and anchored at night mr shepley overtook us who had been at gray's market this morning i spent all the afternoon upon the deck it being very pleasant weather this afternoon sir richard stayner and mr creed after we were come to anchor did come on board and creed brought me thirty pounds which my lord had ordered him to pay me upon account and captain clark brought me a noted caudal at night very sleepy to bed sixth this morning came my brother-in-law balty to see me and to desire to be here with me as reformado which did much trouble me but after dinner my lord using him very civilly at table i spoke to my lord and he presented me a letter to captain stokes for him that he should be there all the day with him walking and talking we under sail as far as the spits in the afternoon w howe and i to our violins the first time since we came on board this afternoon i made even with my lord to this day and did give him all the money remaining in my hands in the evening it being fine moonshine i stayed late walking upon the quarter-deck with mr cuttons learning of some sea terms and so down to supper and to bed having an hour before put balty into burr's cabin he being out of the ship seventh this day about nine o'clock in the morning the wind grew high and we being among the sands lay at anchor i began to be dizzy and squeamish before dinner my lord sent for me down to eat some oysters the best my lord said that ever he ate in his life though i have ate as good at bardsey after dinner and all the afternoon i walked upon the deck to keep myself from being sick and at last about five o'clock went to bed and got a caudle made me and sleep upon it very well this day mr shepley went to sheppey eighth lord's day very calm again and i pretty well but my head ached all day about noon set sail in our way i see many vessels and masts which are now the greatest guides for ships we had a brave wind all the afternoon and overtook two good merchantmen that overtook us yesterday going to the east indies the lieutenant and i lay out of his window with his glass looking at the women that were on board them being pretty handsome this evening major willoughby who had been here three or four days on board with mr pickering went on board a catch for dunkirk we continued sailing when i went to bed being somewhat ill again and will howe the surgeon parson and balty supped in the lieutenant's cabin and afterwards sat disputing the parson for and i against extemporary prayers very hot ninth we having sailed all night were come in sight of the nor and south forelands in the morning and so sailed all day in the afternoon we had a very fresh gale which i brooked better than i thought i should be able to do this afternoon i first saw france and calais 
with which I was much pleased, though it was at a distance. About five o'clock we came to the Goodwin, so to the castles about Deal, where our fleet lay, among whom we anchored. Great was the shout of guns from the castles and ships, and our answers, that I never heard yet so great rattling of guns. Nor could we see one another on board for the smoke that was among us, nor one ship from another. Soon as we came to anchor, the captains came from on board their ships all to us on board. This afternoon I wrote letters for my lord to the council, etc., which Mr. Dickering was to carry, who took his leave this night of my lord, and Balty, after I had wrote two or three letters by him to my wife and Mr. Bowyer, and had drank a bottle of wine with him in my cabin, which J. Goods and W. Howe brought on purpose, he took leave of me too, to go away to-morrow morning with Mr. Dickering. I lent Balty fifteen shillings, which he was to pay to my wife. It was one in the morning before we parted. This evening Mr. Shepley came on board, having escaped a very great danger upon a sand coming from Chatham. 10th. This morning many or most of the commanders in the fleet came on board, and dined here, so that some of them and I dined together in the round-house, where we were very merry. Hither came the vice-admiral to us, and sat and talked, and seemed a very good-natured man. At night, as I was all alone in my cabin, in a melancholy fit, playing on my violin, my lord and Sir R. Stainer came into the coach, and supped there, and called me out to supper with them. After that, up to the lieutenant's cabin, where he and I and Sir Richard sat till eleven o'clock talking, and so to bed. This day my lord Goring returned from France, and landed at Dover. Eleventh. A gentleman came this morning from my lord of Manchester to my lord, for a pass for Mr. Boyle, which was made him. I ate a good breakfast by my lord's orders with him in the great cabin below. The wind all this day was very high, so that a gentleman that was at dinner with my lord, that came along with Sir John Blois, who seemed a fine man, was forced to rise from table. This afternoon came a great packet of letters from London directed to me, among the rest two from my wife, the first that I have since coming away from London. All the news from London is that things go on further towards the king, that the Skinner's company the other day, at their entertaining of General Monk, had took down the Parliament arms in their hall and set up the king's. In the evening my lord and I had a great deal of discourse about the several captains of the fleet, and his interest among them, and had his mind clear to bring in the king. He confessed to me that he was not sure of his own captain, to be true to him, and that he did not like Captain Stokes. At night W. Howe and I, at our violins in my cabin, where Mr. Ibbot and the lieutenant were late. I stayed the lieutenant late, shewing him my manner of keeping a journal. After that to bed. It comes now into my mind to observe that I am sensible that I have been a little too free to make mirth with the minister of our ship, he being a very sober and an upright man. Twelfth. This day, the weather being very bad, we had no strangers on board. In the afternoon came the vice-admiral on board, with whom my lord consulted, and I sent a packet to London at night, with several letters to my friends, as to my wife about my getting of money for her when she should need it, to Mr. Bowyer, that he tell me when the messieurs of the officers be paid, to Mr. Moore about the business of my office, and making even with him as to matter of money. At night, after I had dispatched my letters, to bed. Thirteenth. This day very foul all day for rain and wind. In the afternoon set my own things in my cabin and chests in better order than hitherto, and set my papers in order. At night sent another packet to London by the post, and after that was done, I went up to the lieutenant's cabin, and there we broached a vessel of ale, that we had sent for among us from Deal to-day. There was the minister and doctor with us. After that, till one o'clock in the morning, writing letters to Mr. Downing, 
about my business of continuing my office to myself, only Mr. Moore to execute it for me. I had also a very serious and effectual letter from my lord to him to that purpose. After that done, then to bed, and it being very rainy, and the rain coming upon my bed, I went and lay with John Goods in the great cabin below, the wind being so high that we were fair to lower some of the masts. I to bed, and what with the goodness of the bed, and the rocking of the ship, I slept till almost ten o'clock, and then, fourteenth, rose and drank a good morning draught there with Mr. Shepley, which occasioned my thinking upon the happy life that I live now, had I nothing to care for but myself. The sea was this morning very high, and looking out of the window I saw our boat come with Mr. Pierce the surgeon in it in great danger, who endeavouring to come on board us had like to have been drowned, had it not been for a rope. This day I was informed that my Lord Lambert is got out of the towers, and that there is a hundred pounds proffered to whoever shall bring him forth to the council of state. My Lord is chosen at Weymouth this morning. My Lord had his freedom brought him by Captain Tiddyman of the port of Dover, by which he is capable of being elected for them. This day I heard that the army had in general declared to stand by what the next Parliament shall do. At night supped with my Lord. 15th, Lord's Day. Up early and was trimmed by the barber in the great cabin below. After that to put my clothes on, and then to sermon, and then to dinner, where my lord told us that the University of Cambridge had a mind to choose him for their burgess, which he pleased himself to think that they do look upon him as a thriving man, and said so openly at table. At dinner-time Mr. Cook came back from London with a packet which caused my lord to be full of thoughts all day, and at night he bid me privately to get two commissions ready, one for Captain Robert Blake to be captain of the Worcester, in the room of Captain Deakings and Anabaptist, and one that had witnessed a great deal of discontent with the present proceedings, the other for Captain Coppin to come out of that into the Newbury, in the room of Blake, whereby I perceive that General Monk do resolve to make a thorough change, to make way for the King. From London I hear that since Lambert got out of the tower, the fanatics had held up their heads high, but I hope all that will come to nothing." Late a writing of letters to London to get ready for Mr. Cook, then to bed. 16th. And about four o'clock in the morning Mr. Cook waked me where I lay in the great cabin below, and I did give him his packet and directions for London. So to sleep again. All the morning giving out orders and tickets to the commanders of the fleet, to discharge all supernumeraries, that they had above the number that the council had set in their last establishment. After dinner busy all the afternoon writing, and so till night, then to bed. 17th. All the morning getting ready commissions for the vice-admiral and the rear-admiral, wherein my lord was very careful to express the utmost of his own power, commanding them to obey what orders they should receive from the parliament, etc., or both or either of the generals. The vice-admiral dined with us, and in the afternoon my lord called me to give him the commission for him, which I did, and he gave it him himself. A very pleasant afternoon, and I upon the deck all the day. It was so clear that my lord's glass shewed us Calais very plain, and the cliffs were as plain to be seen as Kent, and my lord at first made me believe that it was Kent. At night, after supper, my lord called for the rear-admiral's commission, which I brought him, and I sitting in my study heard my lord discourse with him concerning D. Kings and Newbury's being put out of commission, and by the way I did observe that my lord did speak more openly his mind to me afterwards at night than I can find that he did to the rear-admiral, though his great confidant, for I was with him an hour together, when he told me clearly his thoughts that the king would carry it, and that he did think himself very happy that he was now at sea, as well for his own sake as that he thought he might do his country some service in keeping things quiet. To bed, and shifting myself from top to toe, 
there being J. Goods and W. Howe sat late by my bedside talking, so to sleep, every day bringing me a fresh sense of the pleasure of my present life. 18th. This morning very early came Mr. Edward Montague on board, but what was the business of his coming again, or before, without any servant, and making no stay at all, I cannot guess. This day Sir R. Stainer, Mr. Shepley, and as many of my Lord's people as could be spared, went to Dover, to get things ready against to-morrow for the election there. I all the afternoon dictating in my cabin, my own head being troubled with multiplicity of business, to Burr, who wrote for me above a dozen letters, by which I have made my mind more light and clear than I have had it yet since I came on board. At night sent a packet to London, and Mr. Cook returned hence, bringing me this news, that the secretaries do talk high what they will do, but I believe all to no purpose, but the cavaliers are something unwise to talk so high on the other side as they do, that the lords do meet every day at my Lord of Manchester's, and resolve to sit the first day of the Parliament, that it is evident now that the General and the Council do resolve to make way for the King's coming, and it is now clear that either the fanatics must now be undone, or the gentry and citizens throughout England, and clergy must fall, in spite of their militia and army, which is not at all possible, I think. At night I supped with W. Howe and Mr. Llewellyn, being the first time that I had been so long with him, in the great cabin below. After that to bed, and W. Howe sat by my bedside, and he and I sang a psalm or two, and so I to sleep. 19th. A great deal of business all this day, and Burr being gone to shore without my leave did vex me much. At dinner news was brought us that my lord was chosen at Dover. This afternoon came one Mr. Mansell on board as a reformado, to whom my lord did shew exceeding great respect, but upon what account I do not yet know. This day it has rained much, so that when I came to go to bed I found it wet through, so I was fain to wrap myself up in a dry sheet, and so lay all night. 20th. All the morning I was busy to get my window altered, and to have my table set as I would have it, which after it was done I was infinitely pleased with it, and also to see what a command I have, to have every one ready to come and go at my command. This evening came Mr. Boyle on board, for whom I writ an order for a ship to transport him to Flushing. He supped with my lord, my lord using him as a person of honour. This evening, too, came Mr. John Pickering on board us. This evening my head ached exceedingly, which I impute to my sitting backwards in my cabin, otherwise than I am used to do. To-night Mr. Shepley told me that he heard for certain at Dover that Mr. Edward Montague did go beyond sea when he was here first the other day and I am apt to believe that he went to speak with the king. This day one told me how that at the election at Cambridge for Knights of the Shire, Wenby and Thornton, by declaring to stand for the Parliament and a king, and the settlement of the church, did carry it against all expectation against Sir Dudley North and Sir Thomas Willis. I supped to-night with Mr. Shepley below at the half-deck table, and after that I saw Mr. Pickering, whom my lord brought down to his cabin, and so to bed. 21st. This day dined Sir John Boyce, and some other gentlemen formerly great cavaliers, and among the rest one Mr. Norwood, for whom my lord gave a convoy to carry him to the Brill. But he certainly going to the king, for my lord commanded me that I should not enter his name in my book. My lord do show them, and that sort of people, great civility. All their discourse and others are of the king's coming, and we begin to speak of it very freely, and heard how in many churches in London, and upon many signs there, and upon merchant ships in the river, they had set up the king's arms. In the afternoon the captain would by all means have me up to his cabin, and there treated me huge nobly, giving me a barrel of pickled oysters, and opened another for me, 
and a bottle of wine, which was a very great favour. At night late singing with W. Howe, and under the barber's hands in the coach. This night there came one with a letter from Mr. Edward Montague to my lord, with command to deliver it to his own hands. I do believe that he do carry some close business on for the king. This day I had a large letter from Mr. Moore, giving me an account of the present dispute at London, that is like to be at the beginning of the Parliament, about the House of Lords, who do resolve to sit with the Commons, as not thinking themselves dissolved yet. Which, whether it be granted or no, or whether they will sit or no, it will bring a great many inconveniences. His letter I keep, it being a very well writ one. 22nd, Easter Sunday. Several Londoners, strangers, friends of the captains, dined here, who, among other things, told us how the king's arms are every day set up in houses and churches, particularly in All Hallows Church in Thames Street, John Simpson's church, which being privately done was a great eyesore to his people when they came to church and saw it. Also they told us for certain that the king's statue is making by the Mercer's Company, who are bound to do it, to set up in the exchange. After sermon in the afternoon I fell to writing letters against to-morrow, to send to London. After supper to bed. 23rd. All the morning very busy getting my packet ready for London. Only for an hour or two had the captain and Mr. Shepley in my cabin, at the barrel of pickled oysters, that the captain did give me on Saturday last. After dinner I sent Mr. Dunn to London with the packet. This afternoon I had forty shillings given me by Captain Cowes of the Paradox. In the evening, the first time that we had any sport among the seamen, and indeed there was extraordinary good sport after my lord had done playing at ninepins. After that W. Howe and I went to play two trebles in the great cabin below, which my lord hearing, after supper, he called for our instruments, and played a set of locks, two trebles, and a bass, and that being done, he fell to singing of a song made upon the rump, with which he played himself well, to the tune of the blacksmith. After all that done, then to bed. 24th. This morning I had Mr. Llewellyn and Mr. Shepley to the remainder of my oysters that were left yesterday. After that, very busy all the morning. While I was at dinner with my lord, the coxswain of the vice-admiral came for me to the vice-admiral to dinner. So I told my lord, and he gave me leave to go. I rose therefore from table and went, where there was very many commanders, and very pleasant we were on board the London, which hath a state-room much bigger than the Naseby, but not so rich. After that, with the captain on board our own ship, where we were saluted with the news of Lambert's being taken, which news was brought to London on Sunday last. He was taken in Northamptonshire by Colonel Inglesby, at the head of a party, by which means their whole design is broke, and things now very open and safe. And every man begins to be merry and full of hopes. In the afternoon my lord gave a great large character to write out, so I spent all the day about it, and after supper my lord and we had some more very good music and singing of Turn Amaryllis, as it is printed in the song-book, with which my lord was very much pleased. After that to bed. 25th. All the morning about my lord's character. Dined to-day with Captain Clark on board the Speaker, a very brave ship, where was the Vice-Admiral, Rear-Admiral, and many other commanders. After dinner home, not a little contented to see how I am treated, and with what respect made a fellow to the best commanders in the fleet. All the afternoon finishing off the character, which I did, and gave it my lord, it being very handsomely done, and a very good one in itself, but that not truly alphabetical. Supped with Mr. Shepley, W. Howe, etc., in Mr. Pierce, the purser's cabin. We are very merry, and so to bed. Captain Isham came hither to-day. 26th. This day came Mr. Dunn back from London, 
who brought letters with him that signify the meeting of the Parliament yesterday. And in the afternoon by other letters I hear, that about twelve of the lords met, and had chosen my lord of Manchester, Speaker of the House of Lords. The young lords that never sat yet do forbear to sit for the present, and Sir Harbottle Grimstone, Speaker for the House of Commons. The House of Lords sent to have a conference with the House of Commons, which, after a little debate, was granted. Dr. Reynolds preached before the Commons, before they sat. My lord told me how Sir H. Yelverton, formerly my schoolfellow, was chosen in the first place for Northamptonshire, and Mr. Crewe in the second, and told me how he did believe that the Cavaliers have now the upper hand clear of the Presbyterians. All the afternoon I was writing of letters, among the rest one to W. Simons, Peter Llewellyn, and Tom Doling, which, because it is somewhat merry, I keep a copy of. After that done, Mr. Shepley, W. Howe, and I, down with J. Goods, into my Lord's storeroom of wine and other drink, where it was very pleasant to observe the massy timbers that the ship is made of. We in the room were wholly under water, and yet a deck below that. After that to supper, where Tom Guy supped with us, and we had very good laughing, and after that some music, when Mr. Pickering, beginning to play a bass part upon the viol, did it so like a fool that I was ashamed of him. After that to bed. 27th. This morning Burr was absent again from on board, which I was troubled at, and spoke to Mr. Pierce, purser, to speak to him of it, and it is my mind. This morning Pims bent in my cabin, putting a great many ribbons to a suit. After dinner, in the afternoon, came on board Sir Thomas Hatton and Sir R. Malevra, going for flushing. But all the world know that they go where the rest of the many gentlemen go, that every day flock to the king at Breda. They supped here, and my lord treated them, as he do the rest that go thither, with a great deal of civility. While we were at supper, a packet came, wherein much news from several friends. The chief is that that I had from Mr. Moore, viz., that he fears the cavaliers in the house will be so high, that the others will be forced to leave the house, and fall in with General Monk, and so offer things to the king so high on the Presbyterian account, that he may refuse, and so they will endeavour some more mischief. But when I told my lord it, he shook his head and told me that the Presbyterians are deceived, for the general is certainly for the king's interest, and so they will not be able to prevail that way with him. After supper the two knights went on board the Grantham, that is to convey them to Flushing. I am informed that the exchequer is now so low that there is not twenty pounds there, to give the messenger that brought the news of Lambert's being taken, which story is very strange that he should lose his reputation of being a man of courage now at one blow, for that he was not able to fight one stroke, but desired of Colonel Inglesby several times for God's sake to let him escape. Late reading my letters, my mind being much troubled to think that, after all our hopes, we should have any cause to fear any more disappointments therein. To bed. This day I made even with Mr. Creed by sending him my bill, and he me my money by Burr, whom I sent for it. 28th. This morning sending a packet by Mr. Dunn to London. In the afternoon I played at ninepins with Mr. Pickering, I and Mr. Pett against him and Ted Osgood, and won a crown apiece of him. He had not money enough to pay me. After supper my lord exceeding merry, and he and I and W. Howe to sing, and so to bed. 29th Sunday. This day I put on first my fine cloth suit made of a cloak that had like to have been dirted a year ago, the very day that I put it on. After sermon in the morning, Mr. Cook came from London with a packet, bringing news how all the young lords that were not in arms against the Parliament do now sit. That a letter is come from the King to the House, which is locked up by the Council till next Tuesday, that it may be read in the open house when they meet again. 
they having adjourned till then to keep a fast to-morrow and so the contents is not yet known thirteen thousand of the twenty thousand pounds given to general monk is paid out of the exchequer he giving twelve pounds among the teller-clerks of exchequer my lord called me into the great cabin below where i opened my letters and he told me that the presbyterians are quite mastered by the cavaliers and that he fears mr crew did go a little too far the other day in keeping out the young lords from sitting that he do expect that the king should be brought over suddenly without staying to make any terms at all saying that the presbyterians did intend to have him brought in with such conditions as if he had been in chains but he shook his shoulders when he told me how monk had betrayed him for it was he that did put them upon standing to put out the lords and other members that came not within the qualifications which he did not like but however he had done his business though it be with some kind of baseness after dinner i walked a great while upon the deck with the surgeon and purser and other officers of the ship and they all pray for the king's coming which i pray god send thirtieth all the morning getting instructions ready for the squadron of ships that are going to-day to the straits among others captain teddiman curtis and captain robert blake to be commander of the whole squadron after dinner to ninepins w howe and i against mr creed and the captain we lost five shillings apiece to them after that w howe mr shepley and i got my lord's leave to go to see captain sparling so we took boat and first went on shore it being very pleasant in the fields but a very pitiful town deal is we went to fuller's the famous place for ale but they have none but what was in the vat after that to pool's a tavern in the town where we drank and so to boat again and went to the assistants where we were treated very civilly by the captain and he did give us such music upon the harp by a fellow that he keeps on board that i never expect to hear the like again yet he is a drunken simple fellow to look on as any i ever saw after that on board the naseby where we found my lord at supper so i sat down and very pleasant my lord was with mr creed and shepley who he puzzled about finding out the meaning of the three notes which my lord had cut over the crystal of his watch after supper some music then mr shepley w howe and i up to the lieutenant's cabin where we drank and i and w howe were very merry and among other frolics he pulls out the spigot of the little vessel of ale that was there in the cabin and drew some into his mountier and after he had drank i endeavouring to dash it in his face he got my velvet studying cap and drew some into mine too that we made ourselves a great deal of mirth but spoiled my clothes with the ale that we dashed up and down after that to bed very late with drink enough in my head end of april